Thank you for joining us on WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Fitchburg, Queen of Perpetual Help, and welcome to another edition of Local Matters. On this week's broadcast, we highlight forgiveness and divine mercy. Our own Mary Ann interviews Sandy Arjun, and she has a story that you will not soon forget about the power of forgiveness and divine mercy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode, a wonderful one, with a wonderful speaker, a friend of mine for many years, Sandy Arjun, whose story is going to just give you the goosebumps. Wait till you see what she has been through and how much she's given God. So we'll begin today with our program with Sandy Ajun with a prayer. Sandy, welcome to WQPH. Oh, thank you so much, Marianne. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my stories about forgiveness today. Beautiful. Now, could we start with a little prayer? Do you have a prayer in mind? I just want to be able to say to the Holy Spirit to give us some guidance and for Jesus to understand Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the Holy Family, to be with us and to protect us and to give us their guidance. And Jesus, I trust in you in order for us to be able to move along with what we have to do today and what we have to do in our lives. Yes. So I think this program would be called Forgiveness and Divine Mercy because you're a great component and proponent of Divine Mercy, correct? I try to be. You do. Thank you. You do. So listen, if you're out there, you are going to love this program. There'll be a question for your answers a little later on down the program. Okay, so let's do the prayer. And let's, yes, we just did the Holy Spirit prayer. And we will now ask Sandy to tell her story to you. Well, in the summer of 2004, my son, 20 years of age, was approaching his last year of university, was an innocent victim of homicide from a gang member's knife. My son was not involved in any gangs or any groups that were focused on disobeying the law. He was a good young adult. So you may wonder, how do we survive this tragedy, to say the least? First of all, It turned our whole family upside down, and at many moments we felt hopeless, fortunately at different times. That way, we could support each other. To be honest, we turned to the authorities before turning to God. We had spent many moments convincing his friends not to take this matter in their own hands and to leave it up to the authorities. That alone was a challenge because these were 20 to 23-year-olds with a mind of their own. Thank God they respected us or they would be in jail too. When I was younger, my mother also told me if I ever had a problem that we couldn't solve to go to a priest, which I did. I'm not quite sure how much he helped me, but he was a good listening ear. I spoke to several of my friends who really couldn't help me either. 
However, came across something called a Gregorian Mass over the Internet. That was a Mass said by monks for 30 days that would help release a soul from purgatory. My son was young. He could have been in purgatory. Who knows? I just knew that I wasn't going to pay a monk to pray for my son's soul. I was going to do the masses for him instead. I was not one for attending daily mass. I never really understood how anyone can go to mass every day. However, I was going to do daily mass and pray for my son. As I was praying throughout those days, I felt a calling to attend Mass daily, even after these 30 days were up. I wasn't going to make that promise to God because I didn't feel that I was strong enough to do that. I received so many signs at this period of time, like rainbows, smells, crosses in the sky, white butterflies, and white doves. Doves that were on my, the wires outside my house that, that never used to be there before. All of these signs drew me closer to Jesus daily. However, as time went by, I said to Jesus that, well, I promise I will try. By the end of the 30 days, I actually made the promise to God that I would visit him at Mass every day. I surprised myself, to tell you the truth. Now, I was expected to pray for souls of every kind, and obviously for the soul of the young man who killed my son. I basically prayed for people that needed God's help and asked God to take my prayers to where he seemed fit. Again, as time went by, all I kept getting for the first year in church was the agony that Jesus suffered. Now I was feeling two sets of pain, two sets of pain. So I asked myself, when was this agony going to end? The pain didn't end, but the frequency of the pain changed. That was somewhat of a relief. However, fortunately, outside of the church, my family had pleasant dreams of my son keeping his memory alive. That was a grace in and of itself. But as beautiful as that was, somehow that didn't seem to be enough. I was receiving gifts from God, but I felt the need to give. I felt just me alone wasn't providing enough prayers for so many people who needed help. So 
I started praying with several people after Mass. Soon after praying with other prayer leaders, I realized that I had to get people to pray with me also. I did just that. Obviously, through God's grace, I started praying and thought of actually putting together pilgrimages. I started a prayer pilgrimage to seven churches with about 50 people to pray for souls on Holy Thursday. I did it. I got other people to pray with me. Oh, I was so ecstatic. I tell you, I got goosebumps. I was just all ears when I saw all those people coming and going onto the bus. It was like a walking miracle. That idea eventually led to 100 people coming with me on two buses throughout the years. I held Holy Thursday pilgrimages up until the pandemic. As a matter of fact, I actually met people that came from different states and asked them if they would start one. And I eventually had pilgrimages going on in different states. And as I traveled to different countries, I would find the prayer leader there and ask them if they would do something about it. And I had it in different countries, in different states. And it actually got to the point where I was with um, my friend in Florida. And she called me up and said, guess what? I have nuns that are coming on my trip, and I had the Florida Times come with us. And I told them how you were the one who had begun this pilgrimage, and they called me up for an interview, and I went to this radio interview with them, as I'm doing one now, and they had me in the newspaper in the Florida Times. I actually held these pilgrimages for about 15 years, like I said, up until the pandemic. Even though I was doing all this praying, sorry to say, but forgiveness was not part of my vocabulary, nor that of my family's. Our focus was trying to survive among ourselves. Thinking about that man did not reveal any acceptable thoughts. So I tried not to think of him. I basically just prayed for my son. He, of course, was in my prayers, but there was no focus on him. As the years passed, pain of his death is still evident, but again, the frequency of this pain has lessened. The pain presents itself more during holiday periods, his birthday, and of course, Lent. We were trying to move on with our lives because we couldn't bring our son back. When 10 years had passed, 
I had a mass scheduled for my son. A few days later, while I was praying, I got the thought to say a mass for the man who killed my son. What? Okay. As it was his anniversary, too, and he also needed prayers. Well, that thought took me by surprise. I wasn't thinking of that man. It wasn't easy. It brought me to tears. But I did what I thought was the right thing to do, as he was a soul that also needed help. So I had a mass said for him. However, it didn't stop there. Another thought came to me about one week later to now attend the Mass for that man's soul. At this point, I am questioning, are you kidding? <laughs> are you kidding? You want me to attend this Mass? Well, okay, new set of tears, but I got my composure. I did attend the Mass. I believe that's when my forgiveness train began. One day in church, I was having a serious pity party in front of Blessed Mother while I was praying. This party, this pity party, was about all the wrongdoings I may have had with my son and crying about how I can't change any of those wrongdoings. It was heart-wrenching because I so wish I could have said something before he died, but he had died before we had gotten to the hospital. After living in guilt for a few days, one of my friends who had taken care of her mother until she died came up to me after Mass and told me of a dream she had that previous night, and I was in it. So I said, okay, what was your dream about? She mentioned that while I was returning to my pew after communion, she heard a voice say, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. That struck quite a conversation about what forgive yourself meant. So I asked her, what do you think this is about? She was unsure. And so she says, well, what do you think it means? However, after going through that pity party, I was pretty solid about what it meant. It was an eye-opener for me. First, I confirmed with her, did you believe and trust in God? Unequivocally, yes. Did she believe that God had forgiven her for any actions that she did that may have been hurtful to her mom or anyone for that matter? Again, she says yes. 
And I believe that God has forgiven me too. So then I said to her, okay, then if we trust that God has forgiven us and he is in holding on to our discomforts or our sins for that matter, then why are we holding on to our faults and pondering over it, over and over again? God wants us to release it too. Therefore, that can only be done by forgiving yourself. We need to leave it in God's hands. It's not easy, but we have to keep trying until we get it embedded in our souls. We need to be an example to others for understanding God's forgiveness. In addition to forgiving myself, God wants me to forgive others. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. This prayerful life just gets rather challenging. We need to pray for God's strength and peace so we can survive this. Without it, we could stay in living hell. Holding grudges and hate will never get us in the realm of peace. That's not my objective. I prefer to be at peace with God's graces and pray for souls in need. Sounds simple, but it requires a lot of time and commitment and trust in God and and realize that he gives us the graces in order to move on. Another instance of forgiveness took place one year on a very hot summer day. It was a Saturday afternoon, and I attended this mass impromptu in a skort. What's a skort? A skort is a short skirt with shorts underneath. Like I said, it was impromptu. At the end of the Mass, I had several of my friends from my previous pilgrimages greet me in my pew. However, in the adjacent pew, there was this older lady whose eyes I felt just burning on my legs. She clearly was not happy with my appearance. On a regular basis, from just regular people, someone would probably naturally say, at least in their minds, why don't you just mind your own business? Yet, even though that thought may have come to me, like somebody else may feel, there was another thought that came in my head instead. You can wear anything as long as you pray. Other cultures wear less. However, if what you wear is distracting someone else from praying, then you need to make adjustments. Well, you know, that thought didn't come from my head. And so I believe through the Holy Spirit, Blessed Mother, wherever the thought came from, I had to make some changes. And I did. But... 
there was an aspect of forgiveness here that I didn't realize until a little later. I also forgave the person for passing judgment on me because I didn't do it. Wear those clothes on purpose to just show off my legs or something. I, like I mentioned, went impromptu to that mass. I just felt the desire to go to that mass. It was hot, and I just flew in the church and went to mass. Well, I didn't think it was fair that that lady actually was passing judgment on me. And I knew she was because, like I said, I felt this burning on my legs. But she didn't know why I ended up going to the Mass in that outfit. Unexpectedly going to Mass was my priority, as I mentioned, not what I was wearing. So I have to pray for forgiveness for her for passing judgment on me. Another incident took place with a good friend of mine. We unfortunately had a disagreement and that person lost their patience and became slightly belligerent. I kept my patience, kept my cool, and we parted. I waited for some time hoping that that person would put an apology in place, and um, that didn't happen. Uh, so at one point, I met that person again with the hope of getting an apology, but this time it was different. I realized that I had to approach that person with a conversation to bring peace to our friendship. The internal thoughts were, if that person died before I had a chance to make peace, then I really would have had a hard time forgiving myself, especially since I knew that I was supposed to bring this matter to a peaceful place and not hold unnecessary thoughts about the incident. Now, if I died, I wouldn't want that person to have felt guilty because of not getting a chance to apologize to me since that was the last conversation we had between us. So I got off my high horse and approached that person asking for a conversation. Apologies and forgiveness were exchanged. What I did not keep in mind at the time of the argument is that I, too, have had to have said or done something that ticked that person off as well. Fortunately, that, too, was discussed and addressed, and a lesson was learned from me as well. Now that forgiveness has come to the forefront of my life, I constantly seem to be in situations where forgiveness is needed. Another example took place with my granddaughter. When she couldn't get what she wanted, she's young. She started to whine and eventually cry. I lost some of my patience and raised my voice slightly above her crying. I was wrong. That wasn't going to solve anything. I realized I was wrong and apologized to her when she had settled down. 
it's important for adults to realize that children need to learn that apologies can be given to them from an adult too, not just asking them to constantly say, I am sorry to somebody else, which too many adults do. Say I'm sorry, say I'm sorry. It's not necessarily me having to give forgiveness, but noticing where forgiveness is needed everywhere. It's needed in every aspect of our lives, simple and complex. So we on earth are not perfect, so mistakes are always made. Forgiveness of some sort is always needed. This lack of forgiveness will never bring peace to our lives. Amazing, Sandy. Amazing. I've learned so much from you as a personal friend about how it is to forgive someone as seriously as that would have killed your only son and watched you all these years turn all of this into beautiful fruit for the Lord. So if you're out there listening to Sandy, and you maybe went on one of her pilgrimages, I went on many of them, they were beautiful. I wish she could, if it was God's will, pick it up again. Or another thing that we're working on is divine mercy. That seems to be a big thing with you, isn't it? Oh, talk I, to, talk I, about Talk about that. We have two minutes Oh, well, Divine You'll, Mercy. You need to come back for another program on Divine Mercy. That's I what think, I think. <laughs> I think that would work much better. Yes. If I could sum up. Sum it up. This, sum it up. This forgiveness aspect. Yes. Then, then I think that would help. Okay, forward. Okay. I believe that Jesus had forgiven zillions of sinners who have died and will forgive the zillions of sinners who will eventually die. Yet we have problems forgiving just one or few of the people in our lives that have given us pain. We need to pray and ask Jesus for his divine mercy and or his grace to give us some of his peace because holding grudges and hate will never get us in the realm of Jesus' peace. We can all bring healing and comfort to those around us through our presence and through our prayers. Every sunrise delivers opportunities, and every sunset asks, what did we do with the opportunities? Stay in God's grace and peace will be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Very beautifully spoken, Sandy. So we're going to take you up on coming back for another chapter on Divine Mercy. Let's close with a beautiful prayer of surrender to God. Jesus, I surrender to you. Please take care of everything. Jesus, I, I surrender, surrender to, to you. you. Jesus, I surrender to you. Jesus, I trust in you. We Thank you for your graces, dear God. Thank you very much for everything that you have provided for us in our lives. Yes. And help everybody to recognize your love. Beautiful. Okay, dear listeners, thank you for tuning in today. I hope you'll share this. This will go on our podcast after we broadcast it very soon. Because this is the time of Lent coming up, right? Absolutely. And please, Valentine's Day is Love Day. 
if you can do something about forgiveness during Love Day, I believe your soul would be at peace and actually fall in love with yourself, your family, your neighbors, your community, and mostly our God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Till the next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast and hope you have a blessed week.